Good morning. Boy, I got to tell you, this is looking like pre-COVID. This is really good. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. We are excited that you are with us to, to look at God's word and to see what the Lord has for us today uh, through his spirit. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you would. We have this thing called Respect the Word here, and uh, we're going to read the word in just a minute. Uh, three things uh, before we open and read the word. Uh, we're, we're, we didn't get to go to Israel this year. You need to know we are going next year. So it's February 20th through March 3rd. We're going to Petra and to Jordan, or excuse me, to Israel. And if you'd like to go, we'll start giving information in just a couple weeks. Secondly, don't miss that men's breakfast, men's dinner, men's dinner, sorry. If you come for breakfast, we won't be here. <laughs> so I just want you to know that up front. Uh, uh, I jokingly gave Pastor Daniel a title for the message, and he thought it was real good. So we're going to check with legal to see if we can use it. And then uh, finally, uh, there's this book I've been mentioning, uh, Pastor Daniel and I, a lot of us have read it, uh, Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. I'd like you to pick it up. Order it, you can download it, read it. It's a good book. And uh, it's, it's changed a lot of my thinking. So please, get that book, will you? Okay, and I'm going to read a part that's not going to come up on the screen because I think it's just really good. It's in Romans 7. We're going to begin with verse 14, and then you'll see it on the screen at verse 21. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, soul is a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. Can we all adapt and agree to that one? For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21 up on the screens. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. Waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Then repeat these phrases after me. Thanks be to God. Who delivers me. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, take the word. May it go deep in our hearts today in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we open the, our, our text today, Paul's talking about how he does what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't do what he wants to. How many can relate with that today? Uh, four of us. So uh, the rest of you are all good and we close early and go home. But in the off chance that you may struggle just like me, you may deal with these things that Paul talked about. Oh, wretched man that I am. If you can feel that way, or do feel that way, you're who I want to talk to today. I want to talk about what God can do in us as we move forward today. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about moving. Hey, uh, can, can some, right over there in that corner, can some of you move over that way just a little? And you three, I want you to sit down. I want you to, it bothers me you having to stand. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now I am at peace. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
And you in the back. Never mind, I'm just messing with you. We're talking about the way forward or uh, how do we flourish? How do we thrive in, in, in this chaotic culture? How do we become the men and women that God wants us to be in spite of, of the culture around us? How do we learn to live in the will of God? Because frankly, that's where freedom abounds. That's where freedom is. Now, we're going to talk about freedom today. We're going to talk about freedom that we think is freedom, but it's really not freedom. And we're going to talk about the freedom that we have in Christ. How do we live in the will of God in this culture? How do we move forward? Now, if you notice the thing behind me, uh, if, you wanna, if you want the way forward, you're going to have to swim upstream. When everyone else is going one way, you're going to have to go the other because that's, that's because we're exiles. That's because we're foreigners. We don't really, we live here, but we're not really of here. And so we got to get that down as Christ followers today. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about if you want to move forward, the way forward is to know your enemy. To know your enemy. Now, for some of you who are guests today, I'm going to blow your 21st century minds by telling you, I believe there's a devil. I believe he wants to tear you down, destroy everything God wants to do in you. Whatever God builds up, he wants to tear down. Whatever truth God wants to impart on you, he wants to make it into a lie. The enemy wants to tear down everything that God wants to do. Now, Jesus addressed this, and he did it pretty boldly, and he said the same thing in three different ways. He said, listen, you need to know Satan is a liar, and then he goes on to build on that. In fact, he's the father of lies. And then he goes on to say, and there's no truth in him whatsoever. There's no truth. And then he kind of, the, the, the capstone is this. And by the way, there's, it, it's his nature to lie. He wouldn't know truth if he, bit it, if he was bit on the nose with it. I, I added that part. He didn't really say that. But you know what I'm saying? The enemy lies. And sometimes the lies are so deceptive, we don't even catch it when he does lie. It goes right over our heads. And, and so uh, there, there's another part to the equation. We know the enemy of your soul lies and wants to tear down what God wants to build up. Fact not fiction. But there's another part to the equation that we got to talk about today. And here it is. And I, I pray you, you tune in. There's no football game. Super Bowl's not till next week. So stay with me the whole time. <coughs> we just said the devil's a liar. His ways are deception. His ways are to, 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 to manipulate. His ways are to just uh, to do everything to tear down who we are. He lies to you, he lies to me. He, he, he twists the truth and panders to our flesh. When we in, in, in Christian context talk about the flesh, we're talking about that part of us that isn't going to be fully whole and made and, and healed up and, and, and lives righteously until Jesus Christ comes again. I'm a child of God. I've been saved by grace. I positionally am in Christ, but I gotta be honest with you, sometimes I struggle doing what God wants me to do. How about you? That's the flesh. When we don't do what God wants us to do, that's our flesh warring against the spirit that lives within us. It's that constant tension. It's that constant battle that we all face. Every single one of us today, the flesh, that part of our hearts and minds that struggle to live as a follower of Christ, and we're all in this together. The enemy so loves to bury truth under an avalanche of what he knows we desire. I want you to catch that. The enemy knows, I think, what we desire, and he buries the truth under what we desire. He makes lies palatable. In other words, he makes his lies easy to digest. The eyes of, or excuse me, the lies of, of Satan, the lies of the devil are easy to digest, mainly because he plays into our bias. You know what that word bias is, right? It's the way we act, we normally lean. The enemy is not stupid, just so we're all clear. The enemy knows the way that we lean and he caters the lies to that. 
He knows our weaknesses and builds lies accordingly. The devil tells us, in short, what we want to hear. What we want to hear. And we're susceptible to the devil's lies. And so we need to talk about, we need to talk about us. Because that's the other half of the equation. I would love to sit here and just blame everything on the devil. But to be honest with you, it's not all, it's not all him. I'd love to blame culture. I'd love to do that. But sometimes it's not culture. It's not the devil. It's just me. It's my flesh. I'd love to say, half of you won't know this, what I'm about to say. You remember the guy Flip Wilson? I'm curious. Lift your hand if you know what I'm talking about. That's just depressing. <laughs> he was this comedian, and what did he always say? The devil made me do it. Man, I'd love to walk around saying that, wouldn't you? Oh, the devil made me do it. Oh, sorry about that. The devil made me do it. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to hurt your feelings. The devil made me do it. I'd love to do that. I'd love to blame everything on culture, but in truth, sometimes it's not the devil. It's not culture. It's me. It's my fallen, broken flesh. It sometimes hurts people and tears them down when God would have me build them up. Sometimes I have freedom not to do what God wants, but to hurt and to wound and to kill. Right? So we need to talk about that. Someone said this, if the devil died today, you'd still sin tomorrow. Munch on that one a minute. If the devil died today, you'd still sin tomorrow. It's that old song, not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Anybody? Okay, that one was way too old. Classic example is found in Genesis 3. You can turn there if you want. It's up on, the, uh, up on the screen. What I did is I took Genesis 3 and I combined three parts of three verses, 1, 4, and 5. And, and it's the lies of the devil that said to Adam and Eve as they're talking about the tree, the, fruit of good, the tree of good and evil. He said this, and I catch the lies. First lie was this. Did God really say It's always a good place to start, make you, make you question God. Make you question the word. Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And then he said, you will not certainly die. Your eyes will be opened. I mean, talk about leaning into the bias. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what are the devil's lies? Did God really say, you will not die. You will be like God. And man, if that isn't the apple, if you, you, you can be like God. You will know good and evil. He lied. But make no mistake about it, friends. They bought into it. They bought into it. We turn to Adam and Eve, and, and they have the freedom. And that's why we're talking about freedom today. At this moment, listen up. They had the freedom to choose whether to buy into the lie or not, right? They had the choice to buy into the lie or not. And so, verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye... And also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Now, I've got no problem. They looked at the tree. They were walking by and said, oh, that's a nice tree. That's good-looking fruit. I mean, I do that at Safeway. I don't even eat much fruit. They got some good-looking fruit. <laughs> that's, that's good fruit. Pleasing to the eye. But then things start to change. And, and in verse 6, it says... And it, she saw that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. Well, now, wait a minute. I can't look at an apple and say that. Not a banana, not an orange. Right then, she's, she's contemplating the lie. 
she's contemplating, she's thinking about what the enemy had said to her. You know, it, it does look kind of good for gaining wisdom and knowing right from wrong and good from evil. And so they buy into the lie. They take their freedom. And, and you got to get this because we're talking about freedom today, really. She and he took their freedom and used it to eat of the fruit that God had specifically told them not to eat of. In other words, they took their freedom and used it regardless of the consequences. Right? They chose regardless of the consequences. They wanted it. They craved it. No matter what they had to do, they were going to have it regardless. And it just blows my mind when we say it out loud, but we're the same way. They ate it in spite of what God said. They ate it regardless. So the mindset, this mindset, uh, this, you know, it plagues us today. That mindset of just doing what we're going to do. I have freedom and I can use my freedom any way that I want to. Because I'm free. I'm free. All the desires that I have, my need for gratification or instant gratification, I can do all those things because I'm free today. And that willingness to do what we're going to do regardless of what it does to ourselves or others, we're going to do because we believe in freedom. And we don't really think about, or even if we think about them, we don't really care the consequences. Am I talking to anyone here today? This is where we live. The idea is perpetuated. In other words, it's carried on in our culture. I was sitting, writing notes out, and that came to my, my mind, that thought, what the heart wants what the heart wants. So I had to look it up, and it turns out it's a song by Selena Gomez. So I listened to the whole song. <laughs> Selena Gomez. She's got a nice voice. She's, just, she's got a nice voice. I'm on a tangent. I listened to her first part of that. It's an opening monologue. Now, granted, it may have been just part of the song, but I fell for that gal. I know you think I'm crazy, but there was something that I just, I fell for her. Not fell for, felt for. <laughs> Married 42 years, just want it all clear. I felt for her. I did. To be honest with you, and I, I'll get over this, but... Uh, I felt there was more truth in there than artistry. That's just me. But anyway. But the heart wants what the heart wants. Can you relate to that? How about this one? Nike said, just do it. Just do it. Polonius from Hamlet said this, to thine own heart be true. And man, isn't that poetic? To thine own heart be true. And we say, yes. Whole generation at Woodstock, which half of you don't know about, irritates me again. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. That's where that came from. If it feels good, just do it. Frank Sinatra said, no, not New York, New York. I gotta be me. I've gotta be me. I've gotta be me. And, and then Steve Jobs, Jobs, sorry. If it was good enough for Job in the Bible, it ought to be good enough for him. Steve Jobs said to a, a graduating class to follow their heart. And man, that stuff sounds really good. And there's a part of me that, that yields to those feelings and to those emotions. And then I read the book of Jeremiah in contrast with what Jeremiah said in chapter 17, verse nine. Jeremiah the prophet said these words. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, while I really feel the other parts really cool and heartwarming and all that, this rings true to me. Say, how do you know, Pastor Ray? Because I know my own heart. I know me. 
well, we know you, you're pretty good. No, 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 I know me. Let's be honest, I know some of you. And I got to go with Jeremiah on this one. I really do. The heart that wants what it wants may want something that isn't freedom at all. The heart wants what the heart wants, even though it's not of the Lord. The heart wants what the heart wants that may tear down relationships and hurt people because the heart wants what the heart wants. That's why we need a savior. That's why we have the cross up here. That's why we believe that Jesus came, died, rose again so that you could experience not the world's freedom, but freedom's freedom. Because the Bible said, whom the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. We just got to understand what that freedom entails. So that's why we need a savior so he could help us possess true freedom. I love the poetry. Don't get me wrong. I want to reiterate. I love the poetry of I got to be me. Just do it. The heart wants what the heart wants and all the rest. But what these sayings fail to tell you is that sometimes following your heart is not the right decision. Sometimes following your heart, and if 40 plus years of pastoring has taught me anything, I have learned this of my life and your life, that what the heart wants may not be the right thing for you or for the people in your life. What the heart wants. Just, just doing it may hurt other people. Just being me may destroy lives. Often when I just do, I just do the wrong thing. And more often than not, just because if it feels good doesn't mean I should do it. See, off on a little bit of a tangent, that's what we do. We, we operate in feeling. If it feels good. But, some, but sometimes faith, or excuse me, feelings, well, that's good. Faith is diametrically opposed to faith. Sometimes feeling is certainly opposed to truth. Sometimes your feelings and my feelings, they lie. They cannot be trusted. So I can't just do if it feels good, do it because it may not be right. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it is right. The way forward, four things real quickly. And we got to get this down when it comes to freedom. In fact, I'm going to say something I may have forgotten to say in all the other services. Freedom is not simply freedom from something. Freedom, it's freedom to something. It's not just freedom away from tyranny or whatever's in your life. It's also freedom towards something better. That's freedom. So number one, the way forward is we got to acknowledge the battle of the mind. Paul said this, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Craig Rochelle said this. I think he's right in this, maybe not the metaverse, but in this. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes our mind. Don't think for a minute that the enemy doesn't understand. If he gets your thought life, he's got you. If he's got your feelings, he's got you. If he controls how you think, if he controls the priority of your thinking, if he puts just enough in your pathway to, to, to deceive you and to cause deception in you, to take your eyes and your mind and your heart and your very presence off what God has for you, he's winning the war. And it's time for we Christ followers to at least acknowledge we're in a battle for our very lives. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor because you're in a battle. 
and the battle lies right up here where you're thinking. Because he who controls the high ground of your thoughts wins. I've seen it in me and I've seen it in you. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You've got to determine what freedom is today. Here's my question. I mean, let me give you some easy examples just to, to get you some of the battles we fight. And these are light and easy. How about this one? Have you ever stood in line and you're looking at a magazine that talks about getting healthy and strong, like men's health or something? And there's a Hershey's chocolate bar right above it. I hate those stupid stores and their product placement. I know what I need. But dang it, I know what I want. Don't judge me. Sorry. Get a little more serious. Have you ever known what it is that you needed to make that phone call and you knew it was right, but you didn't feel like it? And you chose not to do it? How about this one? This one annoys me greatly because I'm talking about someone very close to me. Have you ever walked 300 to 400 minutes a day getting your heart rate up and still ate stupid? <laughs> do you know how annoying that is? Do you know how that makes you feel? I do, because I, I, I've done that. Have you ever, how about this one? Have you ever stayed up late binging on Yellowstone when you knew you needed to go to bed? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> no pointing, sir. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> no pointing. This is a free zone right here. No pointing. Speaking of Yellowstone... Have you ever rooted for John Dutton knowing he's a sociopath? I love Kevin Costner, but that, have you ever rooted for him knowing he is the worst father in all the world's history? For crying out loud and go John, go get him. These are just light and foolish examples of something that's a far deeper truth. Sometimes we use, we use our freedom in the wrong way. Sometimes we use our freedom that not only hurts us, but hurts other people. Freedom to the extreme leads to addiction. It leads to bad habits. It leads to broken relationships. On a more serious note, let's talk adultery. But Ray, my heart really, my, the heart wants what the heart wants. Really. To the regret and to the sadness and to the destruction of a marriage, of a broken heart that tears down instead of builds up because the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart doesn't always want what, what's right. And it destroys and it kills. And so there's this battle that's going on and we just need to acknowledge it. We just need to just be honest about it and say there's war. And number two, the way forward, put it up there for me, will you? Number two, you need to be honest about those lies and how they affect you. And if I, if I would write that over, you need to be honest how the lies and how they affect you and those around you. Right? The lies are real. And they affect us and they affect others. And they, they, they tear down and they, they destroy and all those things that you're all, all, all aware of today. Now, 
I'm saved by grace, I'm a child of God, but there's that part of me, even as a Christ follower, that still struggles. That I, sometimes I use my freedom in a verse we're gonna read later. I still use my freedom for the wrong thing. I still am governed by my feelings instead of what I know to be truth in my life. The way forward has to be to be honest about the lies and how they affect you. 2 Corinthians 11.3, read it with me. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The lies have an effect. Our response to them in our freedom, it says, I can do what I want has an effect. John Mark Homer said this, our fight with the devil is first and foremost a fight to take back control of our minds and their captivity to the lies and to liberate them from, with the weapon of truth. Freedom is a beautiful thing, but man, it can be twisted by the enemy of our hearts and minds. I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor Ray, I have, I have choices to make and no one gets to tell me what to do or how to feel. See, the problem though is freedom can be a, a two-edged sword. Freedom can liberate, but too much freedom can also put us right back into bondage again. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes your worst enemy is yourself and your freedom. Sometimes freedom becomes a prison. Right? Freedom says, I want to do the right thing, but I choose not to. Freedom says, I will love things in the wrong order. Isn't that a lie of the devil? Well, I love this and I love that, but yeah, but I'm going to put this in first place. I'm going to love my job more than I love God. I'm going to love this habit or this addiction more than I love God. I'm going to love these things more. And what freedom says is I have the freedom to love in the wrong order. The problem is anything you put up there is an idol. It's idolatry. And it becomes even something good. I want my family's first in my life, Pastor Ray. If your family's first and God's third, that's idolatry. It's real quiet. But isn't that true? You really love your family? Put God where God needs to be in your life and he'll take care of your family. But freedom, the lies of the enemy about freedom says we can put the order however we want. Freedom says I will do the things, I will do things I don't want to do because it's my choice. Freedom says I will make something all about me. Freedom says I will believe what I feel more than what I know. I will, I will believe what I feel more than what I know to be the truth of God's word. I will not, uh, and freedom says there may come a time where I don't like me all that much because of what my freedoms did for me. Which of these spoke to your heart as I listed them off? What did the Holy Spirit say to you as you were listening to that list? Which one speaks most, most deeply to you? If freedom means I can do whatever I want, then, then I may I, uh, do whatever I want, then it may lead me where I don't want to go. Number three, the way forward is, friends, we in the church need to redefine freedom. The world's counting on us to have a good perspective of what freedom is. We have to redefine freedom. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Isn't that an incredible pairing about freedom? I mean, just take a gander, just look at it for a minute. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for what? For the flesh. And then out of the blue, it feels like, out of the blue, he says, 
but through love serve one another. Well, that doesn't feel like freedom, serving others. That makes me feel like a servant or a slave if I serve other people. And yet Paul just said, if you really want to experience freedom, give your life away to other people. Serve other people, love other people, do what Jesus did, be willing to die for someone else, and that's true freedom. Crazy stuff. Don't use your freedom. Don't make your freedom all about you. Realize we need to redefine our freedom today. Freedom is not carte blanche to live how you want to live or how I want to live. Freedom is not doing what the heart wants when I know my heart is wrong. Freedom is not doing just the things that I know to do even though I know they're wrong or all those things or not doing the things I know. That's not freedom. Freedom is living within the understanding that if I truly want to be free, I need to yield my life to Jesus Christ. I need to surrender my life to Christ. I need to yield, surrender, and become obedient to the truth that's found in God's word. That's freedom. If you really want to be free, yield. If you want to be free, surrender. If you want to understand the beauty and the blessedness of true freedom, kneel instead of stand for your rights, kneel before the cross. That's what it means to be free. We need a new definition of freedom because the world inside, outside the church has twisted it beyond all recognition today. Freedom isn't about your rights. Freedom is about yielding your rights to the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what freedom is. We need to redefine. And then number four, we need to do this. Number four, we need to, dear Lord, do we need guardrails? It's all I could think of when I made point four. We need some guardrails. Because without them, we, we, we go off the rails. I mean, we go, Wow. We go this way, we go that way. We become more susceptible to the lies of the enemy. We, 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 we take these lies and because the enemy li, li, uh, bends them and, and makes them right into our own bias, we, we believe it is truth when it's not truth. That's why we need not subjective truth, we need objective truth. Where do we find objective truth? Hint, hint. Where do we find truth? We find truth in the cross. What can be more truthful and freeing than someone laying down their life for someone else? That's truth. That's the beauty of truth. That's the beauty of freedom. Where Jesus said, what? Not my will, but your will be done. That's the right use of freedom. Not my will, not my feelings, not my desires, not my agony, my pain, but I'll do anything for the sake of others. He demonstrates what freedom is by yielding to the cross. Thanks be to God, Romans 7, 25, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want, to, you want freedom? Then don't conform to the ideologies, the philosophies, and all the stuff out there. Bring it in. And say, I want to be in the perfect will of God for my life. There's nothing better than that. You want truth, live in the will of God. You want, you want regeneration and wholeness and, and healing in your life. Find what the will of God is for you. You want to be 
free from the lies of the enemy, then let God's truth permeate and, and, and fill you upside and inside and everywhere else, where else around you today. True freedom points to Jesus. It, it frees you to, and draws you into the will of God. Then Hebrews 4, 12, familiar for the word of God is alive and it's active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart instead of relying on our feelings. How about the objective source being God's word? Yeah, but Pastor Ray, sometimes it doesn't agree with me. Yeah. Almost don't have to say anything about that one, do I? But I will. Of course it doesn't. Of course the word of God isn't going to go with your bias, your feelings, your desires, the way you see the world. Because typically the way you feel, the way you see the world is generally, apart from the spirit of God dwelling and living within you, wrong. Just wrong. And the sooner you acknowledge it, and I acknowledge it, the farther along we're going to be. Of course it's not going to agree with my feelings my desires because my hopes and desires are usually all about me feeling better about me Romans 8 6 you know as I oh never mind there was this guy that used to come to my dad's church Galen Allen and every so often he'd he'd stop and he goes he'd go that's good preaching brother Allen Sorry. It wasn't, you know why that was so important? Because it's me. It's, it's about me and my life. The word of God's not going to agree with me. It's not going to agree with you. And we need to just come to the party on that. This next verse you're not going to like because it uses the word govern in it twice. Government. And I know we all, we don't like that concept because government infringes upon our freedoms the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace we have an opportunity the mind governed by desires of the world our old desires lead to bondage and death two things real quickly number one you have to dis- you and I have to choose who we're going to be governed by the spirit of the living God or the, the perfecter of lies, we have to decide. I think secondly, we have to decide, will I be governed by my flesh and I'm guilty just as you are, or, or will I be governed by the spirit of the living God? The option is, is pretty simple. One leads to death, the other one leads to life and peace. So as we close today, I'm just a couple things before we close. Sometimes I think we settle for fulfilling these desires, these superficial desires that we all have, and we don't realize that there are deeper desires that I think we long for, but we're not acknowledging. Right? I think there are desires for a lot of things that we realize lead to death. I think what bothers me sometimes is I sell out to these desires when in my heart I know I want to be who God wants me to be. I want to be a child of God. I want to be the one that 
that allows and yields and surrenders and is obedient to the word. And sometimes because I'm not in the word, I'm not in the spirit, I'm not doing the things I know that I need to do that leaves, keeps me living here, I settle for here. And, and in the name of Jesus, may, may we not settle anymore. Stop settling. Because what I have found in those moments where I truly embrace the deeper desire of, of my walk with Jesus, it is so powerful and beautiful and and grace-filled and loving and all those different things, I, I realize when I get here, I realize why would I settle up here when this is so powerful in my life? Quit selling out cheap. I was thinking yesterday about a movie from uh, 1993, which means half of you won't have seen it. Half of you weren't born, which is annoying. You remember that movie, uh, Groundhog Day? Oh, yeah. oh good. Good. He, he finds uh, Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. He, he wakes up and he realizes he's living the same day over and over. First he hates it and then he realizes, I can live free. I remember the line, he says, I don't have to live by their rules anymore. This is while he's driving on a railroad track, right heading for a train. I don't have to live by their rules anymore. And it's liberating for him. It's freeing. It's freedom. So I don't know how long he spends, but he spends a lot of time living up to his own freedom. Living for his desires, for his feelings, just doing whatever he wants to do, stealing, doing this, whatever. And he realizes after a while that as freeing as that may feel, it's not. And from satisfying these superficial feelings he falls into despair and depression to the point of taking wanting to take his life because this doesn't work oh it'll work for a little while doing what you want to do and and feeling what you want to feel will always work for a little while it'll be fun sin is maybe fun for a season but you just watch and someday it'll come to you like the writer of Ecclesiastes. It's not all that fun. And you realize you're empty. You're just empty. Now at that point you have two choices. You can give up and quit. Vanity, all is vanity. Or you can come and with that new definition of freedom of being yielding and surrendering to the cross and the Christ. You can start rebuilding in a freedom that's truly freedom. And you can find a wholeness and a peace. Bill Murray starts spending his life trying to find that love and trying to redeem, wants to redo a tire. And he starts doing this stuff that starts to rebuild and then he finds that, that place where he finds that love. That's a story, but I got great news for you. Jesus says to you today, if you'll trust me, if you'll yield to me, if you'll walk in surrender and obedience to me, walk by the Spirit, be governed by the Spirit, I'll lead you to life, I'll lead you to peace, I'll lead you to wholeness. I'm not saying I'll make your life perfect, but man, any storm that comes your way, you'll be able to, to make it through with me. That's the promise. So let's, let's, the way forward is freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. 
Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we love you today. Because you make an offer we cannot refuse. You offer us life and peace. That as we yield and surrender to you, you give us fresh vision of what freedom is. And it's nothing like we thought. We thought freedom would just be everything when it wasn't. But Lord, when you establish our hearts and minds in, in your presence, when we start to love your word, when we start to love worship, when we, when we spend time with you out on walks and when we just fill our minds and our hearts with you, you do something powerful within us. You teach us what true freedom is all about. So Lord, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room and who's watching online that you would begin to touch our hearts by your spirit. Give us a hunger and a thirst for more of you. A hunger and a thirst for true freedom. Lord, if the heart wants what the heart wants, then let the heart want you. This is our prayer today. Let the heart want you. In Jesus' name we pray.